0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of We Believe in Duke. Today is a special episode. I have a co-host here with me. As you know, I'm Sheldon Williams, Sheldon the Landlord Williams, and today I have Steve Wiseman with me. Sheldon, uh, uh, hi. I'm
1: Steve Wiseman. It's good to be with you. Um, I'm the beat writer for Duke uh, Athletics for the New Raleigh News and Observer and the Durham Herald Sun. I've uh, been in this position since t- August of 2010. So, right after the uh, that that national championship, I came in, um, and I'm looking forward to uh, sharing all my insight that I have from my years on the beat, um, and, and and sharing uh, thoughts with. With an insider like Sheldon Williams, the landlord, who's, who's a legend in Duke basketball circle. So this is going to be fun. I hope Duke fans will really enjoy it.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, I anytime I have an opportunity to talk about Duke basketball, I'm going to jump on it. I mean, it's something that has been true to me since I was 18 when I decided to go to Duke. And then ever since then, you know, every time Duke's on China, you know, on TV, I'm always watching it. So. It's great to actually talk about Duke and to kind of give my insights as well. Um, so I think it's going to be a great situation where we kind of uh, go back and forth and feed off each other and talk about, you know, things going on with Duke and especially right now with the whole latest news about, you know, Coach K retiring.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that really blew up our summer, didn't it? It changed everything <laughs> in, a, in a hurry. And um, I, I, I'm curious, obviously, for your thoughts on this. I think we all knew this day was coming sooner rather than later. Um, we didn't know if it would be This summer or next summer, I had heard rumblings that he did want to have sort of a succession plan where he um, said he was going to quit after the following or retire after the following year. So we'd have like a year of lag time there and have kind of a farewell tour, which people say. But I think it was more for him about the succession, having his successor in place, kind of following that military style of doing it that way. Um, But I'm just curious for, you know, what your thoughts were when, when you heard the news and when you heard it was, you know, finally happening.
0: Well, like you said, I heard about the rumblings and we've been hearing about this for the last maybe five years that at some point he's going to, you know, go ahead and let it go and kind of go into retirement. But the thing was, who would take over? And when I was in school, my thoughts were Johnny Dawkins. So, you know, he wound up leaving to go to Stanford to try to get some head coaching experience, in my, in my opinion. And I'm like, all right, well, he's getting some head coaching experience and he'll come back and, you know, take over Duke. And then he goes off to uh, USC. Then the next one was like, no, Chris Collins going out to uh, Northwestern. And then Wojo going to Marquette. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Capel, when he came back, we all like, you know what? Now we see that it might be Capel now. And then he goes off and takes the uh, the Pittsburgh job. And a lot of these guys are happy with what they got going on. So I understand uh, them not leaving their situation to come back. Uh, But also being Duke guys, like, Anytime a job like this comes up, you would think, you know, hey, when these guys going to come back? But the last few years, you know, John Shire, he's been associate head coach and he's been the guy who's been the the lead recruiter as well as, like, you know, the grooming person to, you know, kind of take over. So it's not really that surprising that John Shire is now the new coach of Duke University.
1: Yeah, I'm like you. Obviously, you know, ever since I took over this beat 11 years ago now, you know, we were preparing for this day, right? It it was always a topic of conversation, a good parlor game. Who's it going to be? You know, who are the top five guys? Uh, Bobby Hurley started emerging lately, right? Because he kind of got his coaching career going, even though he wasn't an assistant under K. But he, um, you know, went to the tournament at Buffalo. He's out there at Arizona State. And um, uh, I really thought Capel was kind of in line to do it until when he decided to go to Pitt. And, you know, he does have a clause in his contract where he could leave Pitt. With no buyout no anything to come back to Duke. So that, that opportunity was still there for him. But um it, it would have been awkward for for that coach to leave another another school with our head coach and come back and be you know like an assistant for one year waiting for for that last year for Coach K. It's a lot more seamless with John Shire. Um I'm not saying it wouldn't have been you know a good thing. I mean they could have left you know everyone understood if K wanted to leave Pitt and come back to Duke and go back to being an assistant again. Then you would have you would have had to push Nolan Smith back down to being a a special assistant and off the staff. It would have been a real kind of awkward situation. So I mean, I think that this sure does make it smooth. And um, yeah, Shire's 33, but uh, he has, you know, obviously been around the program a lot. Uh, He got into coaching earlier than what he thought because of his eye injury when he was playing summer league. Um, He's a smart guy. He he understands you know what it takes and. I know uh, you know I'm assuming you th- think this too but you like it that a former that a duke guy they could stay within the family right that was a whole big thing too
0: right 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 i mean that was never a question to me i mean there's always going to be somebody in the inside the duke family it just no matter who it's going to be so we we had a, a lot of great options to kind of succeed you know coach k even though it's kind of big shoes to field. I mean, he is a legendary man. So whoever's going to take over was going to have his hands full regardless. It's just that now that John is going to be taking over, I think it's going to be, like you said, seamless because he's been groomed to be in this position. And also he's been taking over a lot of the lead stuff, you know, going into coach case now last few years. And it'll be really good this summer that, uh, coach K
1: can stay on campus with the, with the team and get them fully prepared for next season. And John Shire and Carowell and, and Nolan are out recruiting for the future, you know. And and that's something that w- when I talked to Coach K uh, the morning of his press conference, he said, um, I couldn't go into a, to a living room and tell a kid, you know, come to do, come play for me, knowing I wasn't going to be the coach. Like, he just couldn't. He couldn't do that, and you've obviously been on that end of the recruiting. You've been been in front of him in the recruiting situation. He honesty is a big thing to him, from, from my knowledge of him, and I I hope you can speak to this too. What um what that's like for him, and and he speaks with conviction, and it would have been really hard for him not to not to
0: be able to do that, right? Yeah, correct. I mean, uh, like you said, Coach K, he's a very honest man, and that's something that kind of pulled me towards him a little bit more when I was getting recruited. Um, I was able to get recruited by pretty much every single D1 school. And when he came to my house, he was the only one that said that I had a chance to compete for a starting job. All the other schools said that I would be starting right away as a freshman. But he said I can have a chance to compete. And I'm thinking to myself, like, as, a, as a competitor, I'm like, who are you to come to my house and tell me, after I have all these you know, different schools coming in, you know, Telling me I'm gonna start right away and you're gonna tell me I have a chance to compete. Right. Like, you know, like I mean, I'm gonna roll my, my sleeves. I'm, I'm gonna show this guy, I'm gonna show this guy. here. <laughs> that's the that's the attitude I took and everything. So it kind of, it kind of like I was thrown back by it, but I was like, hey, I'm being, you know, all the other schools telling me and gift basket me, all these different things, and he's gonna tell me I gotta actually prove myself. And that's what I loved about it. I was like, no you know what? He's being honest with me and knowing that it's not going to be a cakewalk to put on a Duke jersey. And, he, you know, preparing me for that. At the time, you know, 18-year-old kid, I wasn't thinking that. You know, I was thinking about, like, you know, being able to play for Duke and, you know, the, you know Coach K legacy and be on TV all the time. But not knowing that everything that comes with it, where you have Duke cross your chest, that you have a circle on your back, a target on your back. Every single night. So no matter you think it's going to be an easier, easier night or even a harder night, it's going to be the same way because you always gonna get everybody's best shot. So for me to prepare and take this in consideration, like I gotta to work to get my spot and earn my 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 worth. That right there, I, I loved it, and that was one of the reasons why I kind of pulled closer to Duke because he was so honest with that.
1: Right. Yeah. And you hear that from that's a common thing throughout his, throughout his career, really, as he's been that way. Um, and that we can talk a little bit about his legacy now too, since, and he, and he always points this out. And I hate lately, I'm not retired. <laughs> I'm going to coach one more year. He always was, I'm not done yet. So don't start, uh, you know, putting the shovel in the ground or you know, throwing dirt <laughs> on my grave or anything. But, but it, we, this is a good time to reflect on his legacy and, and what he's meant to college basketball as a whole Duke in particular Um, you know, Duke, uh, had basketball success before coach K they'd been to the final four. They'd been in the national championship game two years before he was hired. Uh, Mm -hmm. but he took it to a whole nother level. And, um, I think we can all say that he's made Duke, you know, one of the brands in the country, uh, when it comes to college basketball and just, um, what will you remember about, about playing for him and, and his career? And what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I mean, his career in itself speaks for itself. I mean, this guy has been coaching for four decades, over 40 years, you know, with Army and Duke University. Um, this guy has been proven on every single level he's been on, whether it be college, professional, international, or with USA, it didn't matter. A lot of people that were put in front of him always gravitated towards him because of who he is, the respect. And that he's given and the respect that he gives, you know, it's no matter if you're the last man on the team or the star on the team, right or wrong, he's going to sit there and tell you, you know, this is what, what it is. And he's not going to shy away from that. And he's been like that from day one. And that's been kind of something that speaks volumes for him because no matter if you're LeBron James, you know, one of the biggest stars in the in the world or whoever is a walk-on um, at you know, any point in time in his career at Duke or Army, he's going to sit here and treat everybody, you know, like they're supposed to be treated, and that's something that I really, really expected, you know, respected about the guy. Because a lot of people favor, you know, different guys because of what they can do, and this guy, he always was the guy to tell you, no matter what's going on, if you're messing up, you're messing up. I'm not going to talk through this guy because I can't talk to you like that he finds ways to connect with every single player. And he's been doing that for over four decades. And there's a reason why he's been lasting this long. A lot of coaches are not able to do that because they can't connect as the generation evolves. And he's been able to connect with all these guys throughout all these gen- different generations.
1: And, yeah, that's that's a great point. And, and one thing that I noticed, I remember in 2012 when he was coached to the Olympic team, and they had an open practice up in DC. And uh, so media was there and everything. I just remember there were, you know, guys all over the court, you know, LeBron, everybody. Right. And, and coach was talking to LeBron and they were right in the middle of the court and they were looking eye to eye. It was something important. He was saying, I don't know what he was saying, but they were just standing there and all these basketballs are bouncing around and people are doing stuff. There's noise. They were locked in. Like those two LeBron was looking straight at him and coach kept. they were talking and Nobody's eyes were straying, looking the other way, or it was full attention. And I thought, um, and everybody knows the the greatness of coach K. What he would accomplished to that point? But here's LeBron, one of the greatest players in the world, if not the greatest at that point. Mm -hmm. And he's listening fully to what coach K say. It's not like some college guy coming to coach me. He really had respect for him. And, um, that struck that struck me as something that always sticks with me when I remember about, you know, being around coach K and being around him as a, as a coach.
0: Yeah, I mean, it also speaks about LeBron too. I mean, uh, he's a guy who had success from early on and a guy that's not intimidated by anybody because of who he is. So you got two guys who are, you know, goats in what they do and they're not intimidated by anybody. So like you said, the whole stare down or them the meeting of the eyes while they're uh, talking, there's no straight way in from that because both of those guys are legendary figures in what they do.
1: Right. Exactly. So, um, uh, so Duke's going to have a, a special season this year. I mean, I know they want to end it, given Coach K another championship. Um, they seem like they have a team that, uh, that, that has the ability to do that. If you look at the recruits coming in uh, the, the the four uh, scholarship guys that are returning. Um, so, and, and it's just going to be a different year. It's going to be, uh, I was talking to, um, to John Jackson, the Duke admin the other day talking about next season and just how it's just going to be like a, uh, it's just going to be a ride, right? is going to be every game is going to be something special. And um, I know there'll be a lot of players coming back. I don't know if you've talked to many players yet about people planning trips back. The first game is going to be at Madison square garden. That'll be coach's last game coaching at Madison square garden where he thinks that's second, only the Cameron as far as, you know, special arenas for him. Right. And um, right. it's, just going to be neat to see a lot of players coming. Uh Almost every game will see a lot of VIPs. Right.
0: Uh, of course. I mean, uh, I'm kind of relating this to like a Kobe farewell tour, you know, that type thing where I wasn't uh, able to see, I guess, Jordan's original farewell tour um, when he was uh, you know retiring from the Bulls and everything. I remember, you know, with the DC, you know, Wizards and everything a little bit different, but I'm just kind of relating it to that with Kobe where everybody had to go see. The last game, you know, at least one of the last games that he's going to be there. And it's crazy because I was looking at the schedule this morning and I was like, of course, it's only fitting that his last actual game will be in Cameron against Carolina. You know, (laughs) how fitting is that? to His uh, his career, his last home game being against Carolina. So the whole year, I'm sure it's going to be. Everybody that kind of came out and played with Coach K, you know, the people that are fans of Coach K, fans of Duke, they're going to come out at some point during the season. So it's going to be a little bit more crazier than a normal Duke season. I mean, even though all Duke seasons are pretty crazy anyway. Yeah. Uh, but to have even more so with Coach K being uh, doing a farewell tour, it's going to be even crazier. So at some point I'm going to be able to do the same thing too. I'm not sure what game. I'm hoping that I'm able to get into at least a good game before uh, all the tickets are kind of, you know, already asked for.
1: I remember uh, uh, covering the game when he broke – Bob Knight's record, 903, that was in the garden. And that was a, you know, there were a lot of people there expecting that to happen to break the record. I was there again in the garden when he won his 1000th game in 2015 when they beat St. John's. That was a big event. Um, the only other game I think of is when uh, Obama came uh, during when Zion blew his shoe out that game against Carolina. <laughs> That I mean, every, every Carolina game, as you know, is is special and it has a buzz. But that game had extra because Spike Lee and Obama and everybody wanted to see Zion play, right? Mm-hmm. But that game you're talking about, the last home game of next season, the last regular season game, last game in Cameron for coach, will be beyond all those things, I think. I, I really think it's going to be off the charts, VIPs and everything. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of people turning away. I mean, it's not like uh, – Cameron is you know this <laughs> huge venue place and everything so to have all these people trying to come in for that last game as well as keeping it still the same with all the people camping out in Cheskyville uh, and having those guys come in and being part of the student section too, I can't imagine I mean uh Miss Jerry uh, who does a lot of tickets with uh yeah. you know <laughs> uh, all the uh, basketball teams and everything she's gonna have her hands full. <laughs> I mean, she already had a hands full anyway because, you know, there's a lot of requests to go to Duke games, but even yeah. more so this year. So I'm going to try not to have extra <laughs> pressure on her. But at some point, I'm like, all right, we got to talk. You know, I got to at least come into one good game. <laughs> right.
1: Let's say a little prayer for Jerry, for patience. He's just going to have a tough year. <laughs>
0: right, right. <laughs> a, tough, a tough, fun year. That's for sure. Yes, yes.
1: Well, uh, one thing about uh, – we mentioned this earlier this summer, how it's going to work out – the the freshmen are on campus now. They're all working with with the staff. They went through their combine testing this week. Uh, meanwhile, so Coach K is going to be working with them. John Shire and the rest of the assistants, when it's time to go on the road to recruit, are going to recruit. So um, I want to ask you a little bit about when you were a freshman. And you came in, and uh, what was done to get you acclimated to to Duke basketball culture. To to you know, you had to transition from high school to college. You know, this year, Coach K is going to be there 100% of the time to to get these guys going, and that's his big thing is he wants to win. He wants to be in the best position. So what do you remember about that? What are those guys going to be facing, do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's unusual because, you know, Coach was always doing different things, whether it be USA basketball, whether it be speaking engagements, or him on the trail to recruiting. He wasn't there, you know, majority of the summer. He'll be, you know, spurts throughout the summer. So it's a little bit different this year. So I can only expect these young guys soaking up a lot of knowledge, having him there every single day going into the season. So it's going to be a faster learning curve for those guys versus, you know, um, him not being there as much. So that's going to be one of the first things. I will say the story for me, I was ready to leave and get on college campus and start my college career. I mean, I was very excited. I had graduated early. So when I I came in with six, um, five other guys or so six of us total. Um, I was the first one to actually graduate. And I'm just kind of like at home, just like waiting, you know, like, just like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm wanting to get there. We couldn't start summer school until the second session. So yeah. I was over here just waiting for that to happen. So um, both my parents, they come from a very large uh, family. My mom is one of eight, my, uh, my dad is one of 13. So we had at least a family member in almost every state that we were in, because my dad didn't like to fly. So we drove everywhere. If I had a tournament, you know, whatever, we drove everywhere. So that time for me moving from Oklahoma City to Duke, I literally had a two-week, I guess, a two-week vacation. (laughs) And I went from working out every single day to not working out at all and just over here eating good food along the way uh, to Duke. So by the time I get to Duke... I'm out of shape. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm excited, but I'm out of shape. So I haven't (laughs) done anything for two weeks. So (laughs) the first practice we had going on, we was out on the track. So once we got on the track, we had to run like a six-minute mile. And literally, I had never ran a six-minute mile. That's my first time. Like, you know, at high school, you just got to be in shape to actually play. You never actually, you know, run, you know, miles like that. Yeah. So I'm running and everybody else finished and I'm still got maybe half a lap to go and I'm over here. I got cramps on my side I'm over like you know and I'm feeling bad because one I'm the last guy and then two I was over here mad at myself for letting myself not do anything for two weeks not knowing that just being a dumb kid yeah that you have to be in shape to start getting ready to be in shape, you know, because what you think is shape is for high school is a lot different than being in shape for for college. So once I started, you know, getting myself back into the routine and things, I was one of the last ones to actually pass the test and then getting ready for, you know, the preseason and then, you know, eventually the season, but that whole two weeks of me not doing anything, just kind of taking my time, uh, Driving from city to city, uh, you know, visiting family, just kind of like, you know, hey, I graduated, I'm going to Duke, you know, yeah. that type thing. It was it was a little bit different, but these guys, <laughs> hopefully they, ha- they don't have the same story as me. They actually came <laughs> in shape. <laughs> yeah. So they had no issues with that. And now having Coach K, you know, be there uh, day in, day out. They have access to a ton of knowledge and a ton of, you know, experience. So it's going to be great for these guys. These guys are going to be ahead of the curve when uh, they get ready to open up in Madison Square Garden against, I believe it's Kentucky. It is
1: Kentucky. Yeah, 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 Yeah.
0: So, yeah. I
1: love that Sheldon celebration tour. That's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a lot of home cooking, right? Yeah. To burn very, it back off. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> That's good
1: stuff. Well, uh, so the team that takes the court, uh, if you want to talk a little bit about, about this team uh, for a second, um, you know, uh, Wendell Moore is back from last year. He'll be, I'm sure a team captain. Joey Baker's a senior uh, Jeremy Roach is is important uh as point guard but really it's the newcomers right that they're going to have to build around Paolo Manchero, um uh AJ Griffin those are the big the big guys um uh, just uh you know uh, what do you think about uh about what you saw from the guys that are coming back from last year Mark Williams jeez i can't forget yeah, a, yeah, in the Mark, middle, yeah. Mark right?
0: Williams and getting you know, over the latest uh Jalen Blakes uh Trevor Kills those guys yeah. so um being able to have these guys come in um, and kind of because you we saw it's unfortunate that they had their season canceled because of COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. But we saw a turning point for them leading up the last part of the season going into the ACC tournament, especially from Mark Williams. Uh, this guy right here, he turned a, a whole corner and you start seeing because we saw flashes, you know, here and there mm-hmm. early in the season but it wasn't consistent, which is, you know, a lot of freshman bigs, you know, guards kind of have a faster um, pace than the, uh, the bigs do. So I'm not sure what it is, but sometimes the bigs take a little bit longer for the light to switch on for them, but the light switched for him later in the season. And we start seeing that and it was so impressive to watch because we knew that it's something he can do. And now it's being more and more consistent with this. So, It was just unfortunate that you saw it happen and saw it coming and then COVID, boom, you know, cut him out like that. So I'm hoping that he has a big summer, especially with Coach K being there all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, He continued with his uh, success with that. Uh, Wendell Moore being uh, more of a vocal leader for this team now that he's an upperclassman. Mm -hmm. Um, Having uh, Joey uh, Joey Bucks, as they, as they call him, yeah. be, uh, be a more consistent shooter. Right. Hopefully that's the case. And then with the whole um, four freshmen that's, that are in, have them kind of be acclimated a little bit more. Uh, I forgot about the transfers as well. So you got uh, Theo John from yep. uh, Marquette, yep. who, who should be familiar with some of the things that are going on because he was underneath Wojo, mm-hmm. who's underneath Coach K. So he should be familiar with a lot of things that's going on at Duke. Yep. Um, and then also um, – Uh, the other transfer. uh, Oh yeah. Bates Jones. Bates Jones. Jones, Mm -hmm. From Davidson. From Davidson. So um, I will say that the last few years has been a lot more transfers that Coach K has had Mm -hmm. versus his first part of his, you know, his whole career and everything. So I know that's how times are right now. So it's Mm -hmm. a little bit different now, but having these guys be involved early and having access to Coach K I think that it's going to be huge for them to actually kind of come together um, this summer and we'll see what happens, you know, in the preseason.
1: Yeah. Theo John is an important guy. I'm glad you mentioned him because, you know, he's an experienced guy. He started three years at Marquette. He's six foot nine, big, you know, built strong and he's got experience and, you know, you need somebody behind Mark. Uh, if, if Mark Williams gets in foul trouble, whatever, you got to have that depth. And that was just a huge pickup, I think. And then, um, you know, Bates Jones was a reserve at Davidson. He doesn't project as somebody who's going to play a lot at Duke, but he's going to be an important player in practice. And just to have that third body in the middle, he's a six, eight forward as well. And, um, I just, uh, it's so important to, to have, you know, that kind of depth to where, like, at the end of last year, it was kind of Mark, and that was it, right, as far as big guys because right, Matthew Hurt right. was more of a you know a stretch right. four. Right. And um, it just kind of limits what the staff can do. And so I uh, that was a, a huge pickup for them. And um, uh, it, it's going to make a big difference next year, I think, for sure.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, speaking of Matthew Hurt, I was a huge fan of this guy all last year. The way he went from when he first came on campus to when he left, Huge, huge jump. I was a big fan of his uh, last year and then uh, this past season as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I get it. But the fan in me want him to stay one more year because I thought, you know, him on this team as well, you know, kind of like a revenge type thing going on this season, uh, kind of avenging what they did last year or whatever. So I was hoping that that was going to be the case for these guys. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. And I get it. You know, this guy, he played. I thought he should have been ACC, uh, played a year, Mm -hmm. but no disrespect to the guy down in uh, Georgia Tech. But I just thought, you know, what he played this year, um, it was unbelievable. I just wish that he actually stayed. But that's the fan in me. I get it. The player in me, I get it. The fan in me, I was like, come on, just one more. Just one more. (laughs) Because he made such a big jump from freshman to sophomore year, didn't he? Correct, correct, correct.
1: That's usually the case. And that's what talk about uh, Jeremy Roach a little bit, right? I mean, he was inconsistent last year. Coach K talked a lot about the backcourt inconsistencies, him and DJ Stewart, who Mm -hmm. decided to go to uh, pro. But Jeremy's got a chance to be a big – he's going to be a big cog this year, I think, because he's going to be the point guard. He's going to have to handle things. Uh, Trevor Keels was his high school teammate previously, so they have a little chemistry there. Right. That should help. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm uh, curious what you thought about you know Jeremy last year and the way the guards weren't as consistent as they needed to be, and that's going to be a huge thing this year, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head with the being consistent. Um, just wish that uh, – Goldwire was a really good guard for us. Yeah. I-, I wish that it was a guy that was more so seasoned that could actually – take Jeremy underneath his wing and kind of teaching the ropes type thing. Uh, I know Nolan Smith being there, he can only do so much. But for a guy to kind of go against, like a a veteran guy like when I was in school, c Chris Duhon was learning underneath Jason Williams, Mm -hmm. very, very seasoned guy. And Chris uh, Duhon learned from him and then kind of took that leadership role and uh, started doing that with our team and with, you know, Sean Dockery. And so I would wish that it was just a little bit more of a seasoned guy that actually could teach him the ropes. And then he kind of break it out on his own. So I'm not saying that, you know, Go Wire didn't do that. I just wish that that was the case. Then I would see more consistency um, early on from uh, him versus now.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's that'll be something that he may have to overcome. And that's, again, while the summer is going to be so important for him uh, uh, or, you know, with coach K there. And then, like you said, Nolan's going to be a, a big, a big key to him too. Um, John Shire works with the guards. He's always worked with guards quite a bit. So yeah, the time he's around, they're going to need to get that going. So, well, um, uh, that, that's our first, uh, first episode together here. I think, um, we're going to have a lot more to talk about this summer. we got the NBA draft coming up. We'll want to talk about that. We've got, uh, you know, Duke guys still in the playoffs, Quinn Snyder's coaching the Jazz, right? Doing a good job there.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it helps to have a guy like uh, Spider, you know, Donovan Mitchell, you know. Up in the 40-plus, you know, at night and everything. So, <laughs> that really helps as well. Um, but it's been good to see uh, Luke uh, actually, you know, be able to play now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what it was, you know, in the first season, uh, first series against Dallas where he didn't, didn't play at all when the guys that they need is a spot-up shooter. And then all of a sudden he plays and he's like four for six and three. I'm like, oh. Y'all had this what just you know play them. <laughs> been there, you know what you got, <laughs> right, right? Right, 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 right. So it's good to see that happening and everything. <laughs> and then you know we got uh Seth out there in, uh, in Philly who had a big win last night at, uh, in Atlanta. Yep. Um. So it's it's good to watch these guys and actually see these guys you know perform and uh you know still doing well.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, again, we want to have uh, uh, Duke fans reach out to us. Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Steve Wiseman NC. That's Steve Wiseman NC, like North Carolina. Um,
0: Sheldon, uh, you're on there at Sheldon Williams, right? Yep, yep. Just my name, Sheldon Williams with an E-N, not an O-N. So a lot of people want to put the O in my yes. name, but Sheldon <laughs> Williams with an i uh, I'm on uh, IG and, and Twitter as well.
1: Yeah, and you can find our podcast on the Believe Network. You can, it's on uh, uh, all the platforms where you find podcasts, right, Sheldon?
0: Yes, and it's Believe, uh, B-L-E-A-V, not the actual Believe word, so B-L-E-A-V, Believe in Dukes. You should should be able to see it on any kind of platform, and then we'll try to see if we can actually uh, put segments out there on YouTube as well.
1: Yeah, that'll be great. And we expect to be talking frequently this summer uh, as we get ready for the K Farewell Tour and uh, what he and Duke fans hope will be a a championship ride to take him out on top. So, um, Sheldon? Great to be with you. Um, I, I, it's a pleasure to be asked to be joined, to join you on this broadcast. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for Duke fans. And uh, we'll talk next time.
0: No problem. No problem. Thank you for uh, joining me and talking about Duke. And uh, for everybody else that's listening, uh, hopefully y'all have a good day. and Hopefully y'all enjoyed this and uh, continue for more episodes.